0: You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks,
1: part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Men, and we are recording here on a Sunday night of uh, the calves are i don't even know i didn't check the score recently but they were whooping up on the celtics before i'd assume that will continue um for the rest of the night and for the rest of that series and we wanted to touch on a bunch of different stuff because uh, i guess some of the stuff at the end of last week and we just kind of had a bunch of various topics we wanted to hit on today so i don't i don't necessarily know where this conversation is gonna go but uh it should be fun how are you frank
0: i'm good uh I had a good weekend. I, were you in Chicago or something? I saw you I tweeting was. about looking, yeah, looking for soccer bars in uh, Chicago. Yes. And uh, did you, I, I saw Liverpool won. Were, are you a Liverpool fan too? I feel like everybody else I know who's American <laughs> likes Liverpool.
1: No, I'm not. Uh, some of the people on that trip, uh, some of my good friends are big Arsenal fans. Uh, so they wanted to watch that game.
0: Unfortunate. Oh, they won, but I guess they they were Not kept enough. out of the Champions League. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, well, we we can put aside uh, European soccer for a moment. Um, we'll we'll, <laughs> the we'll of, that the p- return of
1: locked on soccer.
0: Yeah, locked on soccer. We'll have to wait for you know like mid August or something like that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, there's a number of things happen, and probably the biggest one, which you know, we kind of had other topics we wanted to hit Thursday night, and so we didn't really talk at all about. The NBA awards. Uh, some of the finalists were named for Most Improved Player, with Giannis, of course, as expected, being named a finalist for that. And Malcolm Brogdon, as expected, being named a finalist for the Rookie of the Year award, along with, you know, as we expected, Dario Saric. And I thought it was good to see Joel Embiid also in there. Um, so we can talk maybe a little bit about that. Probably the um, the one thing we definitely know is that Giannis Adikumbo is an All NBA player, which. We expected. I think um, I was a little curious if uh, if he was going to be a second team or a third team guy, and I, I don't know. I mean, yet again, uh, the media pleasantly surprises me in their appreciation for Giannis. Uh, people may remember I was very skeptical that that Giannis would get enough uh, or would have enough hype, sort of in the media and, and fan voting. Um, back when we were talking about all-star voting earlier in the year. And so I didn't think he was going to be an all-star starter when that sort of process started. And, of course, he was easily an all-star starter. And likewise, here he was—he received the third most votes of any forward uh, in the voting, and that includes uh, Kawhi and LeBron being the only guys ahead of him. And making that second team, actually getting more votes than Kevin Durant, who I'm sure if he was healthy, probably would have gotten more votes than Giannis. But who cares? Uh, either way, Giannis is a second team All-NBA player. I think I want to say the only, the last time a guy was first team, I think I saw it was somewhere sometime in the mid-80s, Sidney Moncrief made the first team. So hopefully that is something that we will see in the near future. Although – Um, obviously with with Kawhi and LeBron and KD and some other guys in the league, obviously it's a it's a very uh, high bar to uh, to be a first team all NBA forward. But um, certainly I I don't know. I mean, just another great award and and deserved award for Giannis, um, along with the most improved player final. Uh, making finalists for that, um, just another cool thing to to happen to Giannis, and and very well deserved, I would say.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of funny how how quickly this has all just become normal. I guess uh, I was I was taking my brother to the airport, I think, and then saw like, oh, Giannis is on the second team, and it was just yeah, that's it's exactly what I thought should happen, and um, it, it's just funny that at the start of the year you're wondering how good he could be was the point Giannis hype real what kind of player is he going to be this next year is he going to play point guard is he going to average all these things is he going to have triple doubles and like there was still like some some intrigue some suspense like what is going to be next and now it's just like oh Giannis is really good Giannis is one of the five to ten best players in the league Giannis is a great basketball player like it just it just kind of happened overnight um, to where I wasn't at all shocked that he was a second team guy and uh, he definitely deserved it and uh, I guess I part of me was wondering maybe if he could get bumped to 13 but I, I felt pretty good that he he was going to be uh, a second team guy and the, the one thing I was thinking about as well um, with him is uh, I'm, I'm interested to see uh, kind of uh, how many other uh, awards he can start to, because to some extent, I feel like all these things are just like name recognition. And once you get like the first of something, then you kind of just, just roll from there. Um, So, so I'll be curious to see if uh, next year, I wrote about it this year about him possibly on the all defensive team. Um, Obviously you already mentioned that he's up for the most improved player as well. And it it just, to use like a wrestling term like he's very over with the with the media like everyone it's it just it's just kind of shocking to see a bucks player that like you said all-star starter and and when you look at all the numbers whether it was media whether it was fans players like he is totally over with everyone and, and they totally trust him and and totally think that this guy is one of the best players in the league and uh it it's crazy that that the bucks have that guy frank um, because the Bucks have have never had that guy while I've been alive. Um, so the, it's man, it, it's just shocking how how good he has become, and to as a Bucks fan to actually have a guy like that, it, it's just crazy.
0: Yeah, and I mean to put context around it, I think the the next youngest guy uh up after Giannis on this team was Anthony Davis at the age of twenty four. Giannis, of course course at 22 and uh interesting um uh, you know the the ages are a friend of the pod kurt lighting tweeted out you know a, a list of the ages and said one of these stands out and then somebody tweeted well you mean lebron and and so it was interesting because i think lebron is three years older than anybody else on the all on any of the all nba teams and Giannis is two years younger than than anyone else on the all nba team so um you know we, we've talked a lot about obviously you would hope that potentially uh Giannis may one day uh, take the torch from lebron as, as that sort of um the league's great you know all around two-way type forward and um and obviously uh you love to see Giannis uh, on that second team this year and uh and great to see that um one thing i wanted to ask you about um in terms of the two other awards um and we've talked a, a fair bit about the brogdon and and uh and most improved player finalists for for Giannis sort of not not loud in the past um do you have a prediction? Do you have an expectation on whether they will win those awards or what's your guess? Uh, I think, what, June 26th, I think the League Awards uh, show is happening. And uh, I don't know when Woj is going to just release the votes uh, <laughs> and break the news. <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, those are obviously the other two that uh, are the most obvious ones for Bucks fans, other than potentially the all-defensive team as well, which I think Giannis has a, a shot at, although... My guess is he'll. He, I don't think he's gonna have enough to get into the one of the two teams there, but but I guess we'll see. So anyway, uh, Progden, Giannis most improved. What's your guess there?
1: Um, I, I think I was thinking for a while this season that Giannis getting most improved was all but guaranteed, uh, but Jokic's second half of the season was really good. Um, so I, I wonder if because maybe that was more of a I don't know a shocking transformation an eye-opening trans whatever you want to say um while Giannis just continues to to get better and better um maybe Jokic's second half was more meteoric um where he, he just kind of shot out of nowhere um but I, I still think Giannis should win most improved but I'm not 100% sure that he will I, I would say Jokic would be the one there um and with rookie of the year ah oh, man I don't feel great about Brogdon winning it just because I think to, to some extent there's just too much of that stigma around like a second rounder and an older guy and maybe they're not going to, but man, the, the rest of the Rookie of the Year class is really weak. Because uh, in my mind, even though Embiid played, what, 30 games, I still have to, to legitimately think that Man, he his thirty games were so impressive. Uh, but then with him, he he had already been in the league a couple of years, and uh, so I uh, man, I don't know. I, I don't feel good about Brogdon winning it, but the rest of the field is pretty crummy as well. So um, maybe he'll sneak that one out. Where, where are you on on those two?
0: Yeah, I I mean I think Giannis wins the most improved. I think most of the kind of like people who publicly you know given any picks have picked Giannis I think I think he kind of won that award the first couple months of the season and I know people have kind of said well you know he he really got he really made his leap sort of second half of last year to which I'd say well that's fine but but, I mean ultimately it's an aggregate season award right and and his his leap from last season to this season when across every match has just been incredible as good as he was last year right um So I think there's every reason for statistically to make the case for him. And I think, you know, again, as we've seen many times over the years, this award tends to go to guys who make that jump from, you know, good young players to, you know, star slash superstar type players. And and Giannis has certainly made that kind of leap. Whereas, you know, Jokic was uh, an advanced stat darling in his first year as well. And and he improved, you know, notably on that, uh, even in aggregate uh, this second season, even when you include sort of the first couple of months of season when he wasn't playing minutes um so it's to take nothing away from him but um you know i think it's a again it's a full season award i think you just look at sort of the year over year uh jump i think you know jokic uh, as great as he is and i think he's going to be a great player for a long time um i just think Giannis, you know there's a reason why Giannis is an all nba guy a guy that you know is, is in that conversation for the most valuable you know asset in in the league right now uh, bill simmons mentioned uh he's i think going to do a a trade value column at some point in your future and he teased that that you know Janis was going to be in that discussion for for number one which you know is is the probably that that's the best <laughs> that's probably the best thing it's not it's not an award it's not you know there's no official any the idea that you have the player who because of his age and his contract and his upside and his current production is the guy that you know every gm or or a majority of gms or a plurality of gms or whatever would want to start a team with um that's an incredible position, and, and to get back to your point, we you know we're not used to Giannis. We're not used to having a player who's in this All NBA conversation every year, or superstar conversation. Um, you know, it, it is rarefied air where Giannis is right now. He is not, you know, LeBron James in his current form. He may not be as good as Kevin Durant right now but um but you, when you look at the big picture you know 10 years younger than Giannis or than LeBron and um you know he I think is a good case to have been the second best player in the east this year You even even putting aside Isaiah Thomas as good as he was so um so definitely interesting I so I think Giannis wins runs away with with most improved um and yeah I think Brock, it's tough I I really I just you know the the analytics person in me I mean it's not that that Brogdon is better than Saric by, you know, sort of any advanced stat, but Saric is like notably not good, not helping his his team when you look at his numbers this year and uh and is by far the runaway best player, you know, by any type of of metric, um whether it's raw per per minute, you know, whatever you want, you know, and Beat is obviously the best player of all of these, he's the most talented guy. Um and to be honest, a lot of people will make the case, well, you know, he he didn't even play a 1,000 minutes or whatever he played this year. He just didn't play enough. That's fine. I get that. But I, I also would accept, um, like, if you're a Philly fan and you want to tell me that Malcolm Brogdon doesn't deserve to win rookie of the year, tell me that, that he doesn't deserve to win because Joel Embiid is so much better than all these guys. That I can accept. <laughs> yeah. The idea that Dario Saric put up, you know, big, big bigger raw numbers in, like, completely meaningless games when they had nothing to play for, to me that's hollow, that's, like, you know, 10 year ago thinking on how we should vote for these awards and if you want to talk about a guy who actually made a big difference for his team um you know then you you either pick Embiid because he was so dominant or you pick rogdon because he was actually good and helpful uh and he just played a lot more than Embiid. so anyway I, I would agree it seems like the betting lines are clearly favoring Saric, which i find just sad um but anyway interesting it will be interesting to watch and honestly on some level i don't really even care that much just because uh, you know i don't think it necessarily is going to make much difference to brogdon in the big picture i mean it's just an award right and uh you know on some level is brogdon maybe cheaper easier to retain if he's not a, a rookie of the year winner yeah maybe right and and i think we've seen with with michael carter williams and um you know brandon jennings didn't win rookie of the year but he was a guy that obviously got a ton of hype early on in his career. I think Brogdon has a much better hat on his shoulders than than any of these guys, but um but I think it's okay also to maybe be, you know, not necessarily be be overly <laughs> awarded when uh, especially Brogdon, obviously he's not, you know, he's not in sort of the Star Trek uh, development you know, trajectory right now, which um it's not to take something away from him, but I mean there's a reason why we're talking about the Bucks still needing a point guard, right? And again, it's not because Brogdon is disappointing or bad or anything like that. But, um, but I think obviously there, you know, there are still questions about how good he can be. And hopefully he proves us wrong again as, as he did last year when, uh, when obviously we had a lot of questions about him and whether he could shoot well enough and whether he had, you know, enough, uh, enough athleticism to get to the paint and all these other things. So, um, anyway, I would say this very cool that June 26th or whenever the award show is, is actually going to be a cool thing for the Bucks. Hopefully Brogdon and Giannis are going to be there uh, for that. And, um, hopefully, hopefully they take, take home some hardware, but actually it's pretty awesome that, uh, there's going to be an award show for the NBA and Bucks players are actually going to be a part of it. Um, let's look at a couple other topics. Um, first off, let let me ask you this. So this is tangential. This isn't related to the Bucks, but, um, Two things came out of this. You can tackle whichever one you find more interesting first, or if you find neither of them interesting, fine, we'll move on. But um, there was big, big sort of talk after the awards for All-NBA. It's a media vote. Uh, And there was a lot of discussion, even before this, that, that, well, should the media really have an impact on voting that can impact players' salaries, right? Because um, big talk this week, and it relates to Giannis as well, and we'll talk a little bit about that, but um, if you make All-NBA... Uh, and then you're basically uh, uh, you know, eligible for an extension. And because of the new CBA, you're eligible for an extension that – and we'll break it down a bit further. But the bottom line is it basically bumps you up a maximum salary bracket if you're on your original team. And you're going into your eighth or ninth year in the league. And that's a big deal, especially for Paul George. If Paul George had made All-NBA or if Gordon Hayward had made All-NBA, they would have been eligible for a uh, five-year max deal that would have started at 35% of the salary cap instead of 30%, which is what they can make uh, on the open market, um, albeit with – uh, lower raises 5% versus 8% from another team. Neither of them makes the all NBA team. So they're not eligible for sort of the super max designated player extension. And that could be a big deal because it means that Paul George, if he wants to go to LA next summer, um, if Gordon Hayward wants to go to Boston this summer, it means he's really, they're really not giving up necessarily that much money. Um, especially if they sign, you know, deals where they can opt out early and then resign for, for big money uh, three years from now. So, um, I don't know, like at, at a high level, do you think it's a problem that media is voting for this? like what uh, I, I remember Darren Rovell tweeted out like the media cost Paul George and Gordon Hayward all its money. Uh, me I don't think media costs them anything. I don't think they deserve to make the awards, but is this a problem? Is this like a big deal or is this the best way to do something like this?
1: Oh man, I, I think it's a pretty tough issue to try to figure out. Um, but I'll, I'll say this. The media has voted for those awards for a long time now, and I think the NBA kind of became aware of some of the problems. Because I think there used to be like local TV and local radio and some of those, and I, if I if I read things correctly, those have been cut out now, where there's no local team guys, uh, doing any of the voting. And I think in the past, that's where you've seen some, some bad votes, um, where there's a Homerific pick in there. Um, and and I think the NBA has removed a lot of that. So, uh, when, when you look at lists of who's voting for these things, I I think they're generally very smart people. They're, They're certainly people I respect and trust. Um, so for them to, I would say be, experts in the field, um, they would be the people that are probably most qualified to hand out those awards. So um, I guess where it becomes more difficult, obviously, is that uh, it's just tough to have so much money in some voting like that, because there are times where... Maybe someone does get it a little bit wrong, or maybe someone should have been uh, a first team um, or second. Maybe someone snuck in on the third team that shouldn't have been there. Uh, Maybe since people wanted to put centers on the ballot, uh, all of a sudden there's a center that shouldn't be on there, and he bumped off another guy that was uh, more worthy of it. But, I mean, the, the voting's been going on for a while, and I don't think anyone really has large problems with the voters screwing things up like like i don't i don't think i've ever really heard i shouldn't say ever i've definitely heard sometimes people have a problem with someone not making a third team or uh, like we were just talking about between first and second and third and stuff like that but i think for the most part those 15 guys are pretty pretty often accurate (laughs) like those those are often in my thoughts the 15 best players in the league so um i i don't know it's tough but i I just feel like that's how it all got worked out and um maybe there should just be greater freedom in contracts uh on as a whole but um if you need some way to to figure out what who's going to get a dp i i think that's a pretty Logical and fair way to go about it.
0: Yeah, I think if you need, if you go from the premise of that you're going to have to figure out some way of, you know, limiting the number of players who are eligible for this, this is probably as good a way as any to do it. And again, you could, you know, try to do some um, hybrid voting where you get player voting or something, something like that. I mean, whatever. I don't think it would necessarily change the results that much. Um, you know, we did see the player and media and fan combined voting for the All Star game. And I think for the most part, it got things pretty. OK, um, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the, the way that, that that sort of shook out. Um, I think the fans probably usually the worst <laughs> at voting for things. Um, and the players, I think you're going to get the most noise sort of in the background where guys vote for their friends or teammates or whatever. And, you know, I think a simple thing would be just not let guys vote for teammates. But I think the media, yeah, I would say they are typically the most sophisticated because I think in today's day and age, especially with voting now public, there's a lot of pressure to not vote like poorly, right? Um, you're going to get called out on Twitter and you're going to be made to look like an idiot if, uh, if you know, you you vote in a way that, that people think is is incorrect. Um, and we will see the someone voted LeBron on the second team all NBA. And, of course, you know, with LeBron playing the way he has in the postseason, even though it is a regular season voting, um, you know, now people are, are already talking about who that will be revealed to be and, you know will will uh, you know throw throw tomatoes at them um, figuratively or, or perhaps literally I don't know um, and actually so let me ask you and, and, and I would agree by the way I, I just don't think necessarily this like the ability to do the DPE should even be tied to an award. Um, I think I, I'm generally, I, th- I think the league should have fewer salary restrictions in general. I think when you look at, you know, super teams and, and quote unquote issues around, you know, lack of parity, I think a lot of that would probably go away if the best players in the league actually could sign for what they were worth. And I, I don't know what LeBron James would be quote unquote worth. I don't know what KD would, would be worth. Um, but they would be worth a lot more than the current max salaries. And I think well, they'll start to get closer now that the the max salaries and, and and everything is is obviously sort of trending up with the cap going up. But um, but I think it would be interesting to to try to um, let teams have a bit more say about how much you know they're willing to pay a, a player. And so I don't know why a guy should only have to be uh, you know uh, an L N B A player. I mean the Pacers. This is meant to protect small market teams in theory from losing these sort of critical guys that they've drafted and you know have played for them. Well. Paul George, I mean, why should the Pacers not be allowed to give Paul George, you know, this $200 million contract or whatever? Is it, you know, harming the competitive balance of the league if they can pay him that amount of money? You know, do, do teams need to be protected from themselves uh, in giving out? I think they, they can have as many as two of these guys on their team. Um, I don't know. It just seems kind of. Kind of silly to me that that that's that we're even relying on any type of of way of voting on this. So I, that's what I would say. But I, I would agree in general, you know, if you're going to do it, media is fine. Um, one other question for you, and I'll I'll put this out there and I'll let you respond. You know, LeBron James wasn't one of the finalists for MVP. And I think Reggie Miller and Chris Webber, I think the other night were, you know, crying foul about like, oh, how can you that's crazy bubble? Blah, blah. And then I think i read someone saying, well, Reggie Miller didn't have LeBron in his regular season MVP voting anyway. Um, And in general, I feel like it's super revisionist that everybody is all, you know, up in arms and and not say all, but like many people are making this big deal out of LeBron not being a finalist for MVP when um, everybody was saying he probably wasn't going to be an MVP finalist for the entire regular season and his team was pretty underwhelming in the regular season and couldn't even beat out the Celtics, who they're now beating the crap out of in in the uh, East Finals. Um, so I would just say I have no problem with LeBron not being a finalist. I, I agree. He's probably the best player in the league. Um, but to be honest, if they win 55 games and you know are, be- are the best team in the East and uh, heck, if they're as good a team as the Spurs or the Warriors, then I think it'd be a lot easier to, to vote for LeBron. And it might not be LeBron's fault that his team was not you know, uh, great this, this season, but, um, I think when things are so even, I think it's only natural to, to look at team records and success. And, um, yeah, I I mean, I I don't mind it. LeBron will be fine. We all think LeBron is pretty much still the best player. Uh, so I I don't know, as long as we think of this as a regular season award, I, I don't have a problem with LeBron not being a finalist given what we saw this season.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I, it does not bother me in any way uh, because like you said I still think LeBron's the best player in the world and I I don't think he needs the 2016 2017 NBA MVP award to believe that oh and I don't need that to to validate my belief like I think he's still the best player in the world and the key is like it's the 201617 nba mvp it is not the greatest basketball player of all time for the rest of uh the for the rest of time like this does does not do anything the following year like the goal of awards is to kind of give us an accurate snapshot of the nba at that time like when we look back if i go back and i take a look at the Seventy-three uh, awards, and check out the all NBA teams. And if I go and check out the MVP that year, like that should give me an idea of what occurred and what was going on in the league at that time. So, um, I, I don't really have a problem with LeBron not being there. And it, I think, for being honest, like this wasn't one of his best years. He wasn't wasn't particularly good this year
0: by by his standards. LeBron. Correct by his <laughs> standards.
1: Yes. Um, <laughs> but like for him like this was pr- a further down year again somehow that still meant that he had career highs and rebounds and assists um but uh, taking a look at his season i don't necessarily think he should be in it um I, and i don't think that's offensive to him and i don't think that's offensive to the way he's played that like, they're i mean they were playing what 500 basketball for the final 40 games of the season two games, I think. There were five hundred, yeah, something like that. So the the whole second half of the season, like there was questions about whether or not they could flip the switch and stuff. Uh, like, there's no reason that we need to be do a, a revisionist uh, look at this and say, "Oh no, he should have been in the MVP awards." And like, no, he he didn't have he didn't have that type of year. And I mean, all those guys, Harden, Westbrook, and Kawhi yeah those guys had mvp seasons like there's no doubt about that um with those three and again this just means his his standards are too probably a little bit too high and, and crazy at this point but i don't see any way that he he would have been in, i mean we had this conversation what a month ago when we were talking about the mvp like he wouldn't have been in my top two he was probably uh, what do we say, three or four? Uh, yeah, yeah. Th- that's about right.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, it's... A, and honestly, anyways, we said this last week, I think it probably says more about his teammates and coaches than maybe about LeBron himself. But the fact that, I mean, the Cavs are... The only other team that has as much talent as the Cavs is is Golden State, right? Like, if you, I mean, we, we are seeing in the playoffs what we expected in terms of who are the best teams in each conference. Um, so when I look at a Cavs team that you know, can't win more games than a Celtics team and can't come close to winning as many games as a San Antonio team that doesn't have, you know, as much talent as as LeBron has around him. I, I mean, it, it's kind of hard, right, to give it to LeBron when, you know, if he wins 60 games, and I think, yeah, absolutely, he's right in that conversation for, for the number one spot. But I don't know. I view it as like, let's just kind of keep people honest and make them care about the regular season. And if, you know, saying that you actually need to like lead your team to, you know, a great record and put up awesome numbers, if that's what we need to say to to kind of incentivize these guys to take the regular season seriously. And I'm not saying LeBron doesn't take the regular season seriously, but obviously the Cavs did not perform as they could have this regular season. And so I don't know why, why take them off the hook is, is sort of my view. And I think, you know, again, it probably says as much about Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love and Teron Lou and the fact that, you know, they, they are not, uh, they are not up to the standards of, you know, Greg Popovich and, uh, you know, Kyrie is not Steph Curry and, and et cetera, et cetera. You can kind of go on down, down the line. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, whatever I, I'm, I'm fine. LeBron will be okay. Um, one thing we want to talk about, so this is is tangential, obviously, to all the All-NBA talk. Um, we mentioned Gordon Hayward and Paul George being affected by the All-NBA voting and, and not making one of the All-NBA teams, and um, I got a question from a, a special viewer, a listener of the podcast, namely my dad, uh, who actually shot me an email on Friday and asked me, well, you know, how does the All-NBA thing kind of fit into what Giannis will eventually get um, on a contract extension. Like what does this, how does this play into it? Uh, And it's a good question. I think we talked about it maybe mid season sort of a little bit. Um, But obviously now that the dust has cleared um, and Giannis has established himself as a, you know, a no brainer guy that you would like to lock up um, as with as many contract extensions as soon as possible as you can. uh, It is sort of more relevant conversation. And so, um, I, I figured I'd just sort of set the table real quick and just sort of give people a sense of it. Um, so, Giannis's current contract: four years, hundred million. It's going to kick in this coming season. It will run through the twenty twenty one season. And because uh, Giannis is, again, um, you know, as part of this sort of the, the, the DPE, um, you know, this designated player extension option. So uh, the extension could kick in uh, in the 2020 summer. So that would be going into that final year of his uh, current contract. And would start in the 21-22 season, which is when his current contract will will have ended. And the basic kicker is that it could bump him up from a 30% max, which is what players in their seven through nine seasons of experience are eligible for and would bump him up to a 35 percent max, which is what players with 10 plus years of experience are eligible for. So this summer, Chris Paul, he'll be eligible for a 35 percent max. Kyle Lowry, other guys who've been around the league for 10 plus seasons, they can make 35 percent of the cap, which, um, you know, with a cap uh, estimated at one hundred and one million right now by the NBA as of late April. Um, that would put them ar- around for for starting salary of around 35 million per year which is pretty good money uh, if you can make it um, and if you roll that kind of forward i mean w- the league puts out projections for the next few seasons for for cap numbers um, i think what i've seen is 101 for this coming season 102 million dollar cap for the year after and then i think the numbers we've seen after were. are were put out a little previous to those numbers, so those two numbers have come down a little bit. But the numbers that the league has put forward, and these are obviously sort of somewhat throwing at a dartboard, um, but 109 for the 19 and the 1920 season, and 114 million dollar cap number for the 2021 season. So if we kind of just extrapolate forwards a little bit, um, if we estimate that that the cap in the 2122 season uh, was something on the order of let's say 118 million. Um, and again, it could be a fair bit higher, it could be a fair bit lower, um, depending on what happens with, with revenues. Probably, you know, it's been generally a good bet to bet that the league will exceed revenue targets, but let's say it's $118 million. Um, that would put uh, a max deal uh, for Giannis uh, that he could sign starting in the summer of 2020, beginning in the 21 22 season, at a starting salary of $41.3 million, Uh which would be pretty good if, if you can get it. And you add on 8% raises, which is the max he could get only from the Bucs, um, that takes you to a five-year deal worth uh, an estimated $239.5 million. So essentially, if uh, to be eligible for that, he'd have to make the All-NBA team um, that previous season that he signed, so I guess the nineteen twenty 20 season, uh, or two out of the three years uh, prior to that, so the 18-19 or 17-18 season. So this this year, All-NBA team doesn't actually matter uh, in terms of his eligibility for that super max designated player extension, but if he gets All-NBA one of the, either first, second, or third team uh, the next couple years, or if he wins one MVP, just win one MVP and you're eligible for it too, uh, you'd be eligible for a deal uh, on the order of $239.5 million, uh, over five years. And if you want to say, well, okay, that's that's awesome, but you know, how does that compare with, you know, if you wanted to leave? Uh, if he became an unrestricted free agent in 21-22, one twenty two, he'd only be quote unquote only be eligible for a 30 percent max. And if he signed a four year max that summer, it would be worth uh, with five percent raises, which is what another team could offer him about one hundred fifty two million. So four years, one hundred fifty two million. Uh, compare that to the first four years of that five-year designated player extension would be about 185. So in terms of like actual money that he would be giving up year for year over those first four years. And again, you can, you can opt also sign a three year max deal with an, or four year max with an opt out after three years and then um, sign a new deal. And, you know, obviously they're different kind of like versions you can think, but, um, but if you just did four years over four years, ignore the fifth year, um, it's about a $33 million difference. So, Again, to to pass that kind of money up in the year twenty twenty, uh, for the chance to leave and potentially give up you know thirty plus million dollars uh, on your next contract, that is why this extension matters and why the league obviously and the, the owners viewed it as a way to incentivize uh, great players, franchise players to to stay where they are. So that is hopefully a quick summary of how Giannis. Uh, will hopefully be a Milwaukee Buck for a very long time and be a very, very rich man. I mean, that would put him at about 100, but let's see, about adding his current deal and his rookie deal, he'd be close to having earned around 350 million um, by the end of the 2023 season um, when he'd be... What, what would we be in 2023? Uh still be a, a very good NBA player. Um so pretty pretty incredible. I mean he'd be like what 29 or something like that, 28, 29 at the end of that contract. Crazy. So um so yeah. Or oh, no, I'm sorry. That that would be further out. Uh no that'd be 25, 26 season. So he'd still be 31, 32 um, in that last year of his deal. So still going to come off that super max and be a really, really good player, God willing, and knock on wood, no injuries, any of that. So,
1: um, uh, so yeah. one thing I was going to ask about. So you can, you're eligible for more once you get to 10 years, right? That's right. So... I wonder I wonder if stars are thinking... I, I know we've seen recently, like especially with the really big cap changes, people were kind of planning it out so they could get to that 10-year max and then also uh, make sure that they were ready to go when the cap spiked. I, I wonder if stars think about how to get to that that 10-year where then they could really maximize that. Because like, for Giannis, it'll be, let's see, a three-year deal, then a four-year deal, uh, and then... Or just wait? Did I get that right? Or is it a four and a four? Um, Sorry,
0: what's that? He he's got a four year deal now, and then he could sign the fi- a five year thereafter. So I mean, he the the thing is that he would be the really the 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 value is that. Um, on his on this this current deal, he will not be at ten years when it's up. So the the value of the DP is that it basically lets him get a ten year max going into I think his eighth or ninth season. Okay, so yeah. it basically speeds up when he'd be eligible and, and he can basically just bank that rather than having to um, you know sign another deal and then opt out to when he's a 10 year vet or whatever and, and again if he's um you know it's it, it, it just sort of it's a risk thing right you know the the possibility of locking up 240 million versus you know having to wait a year to then sign a max 152 again the fifth year he'll probably still be awesome and get to make that money back but you know you see that kind of money you, you probably want to take it
1: yeah for sure this is again I think the story of the podcast today is just Giannis is awesome, and Bucks fans are <laughs> extremely lucky to to have a guy as good as Giannis on the squad. Um, I think that's going to be it for today, Frank. Uh, unless we're, I'm not thinking of something else you wanted to talk well, about.
0: Well, one one more cap related comment. So um, I was listening to. Um, I always sort of like to watch, listen to the uh, 1057 the fan the other bucks related pot uh, uh, interviews they, they include on their website, which is um, always good to check out and um i i think i'm going to be on the bill michael show on monday plug um but you can always go back and, and listen to them on mp3 which is always nice especially if you're you're not local like i am um and i was listening to rick buecher he was on the bill michael show and um there was about like nine minutes of very reasonable conversation uh, saying things that i generally agreed with i mean I, I don't really follow rick buecher that much anymore since he's not at espn anymore and i don't you know again i um, I, I don't really know what Rick Bucher's general opinions are on stuff, but, um, but then Bill Michael's asked him a question about Greg Monroe and keeping Greg Monroe, and I think that's a, you know, again, we've talked about it. that is the starting point, sort of, for off season moves and changes and things like that. So much pin happens on it depends on what Greg Monroe does, and, um, I just thought it was very weird because <laughs> Rick Bucher made a comment, and I listened to this twice to make sure I heard him correctly. He said that and it sounded like he, he said something to the effect of like, oh, I was talking to some some people in the league or somebody and they were saying, the, you know, the the, the cap's going to go up another 20 million this summer. And that was like a record scratch moment for me because that is <laughs> not what we've been hearing <laughs> from anyone. No. Um, and, and I don't think that this is any breaking news for Mick Buker. I'm guessing he just is mistaken um, because the league uh, released this memo and I mentioned it this hundred and one million dollar cap number. So the league, the cap went up hugely last summer from 70 to 94 million. And that was a deal related basically directly to the uh, the new TV deal coming and sort of overnight massively increasing uh, the league's revenues. Well, you know, the league's revenues are going to continue to increase. And there's some uh, oftentimes carryover from one year to the next in terms of like if not enough money gets spent, things like that. But. The league's cap projection um, for this coming summer has has actually gone down a little bit. There was originally, I think, at 108 a couple years ago when they thought that the um, all this new cap money wasn't going to be spent as quickly as possible so that basically some of that money would get pushed over because the players are guaranteed um, a certain amount of, of total revenues. And that number then went down a bit and it was at 102 for much of this year. And basically the league sends out these memos to basically have sort of teams be aware of what to expect. And then it was revised even further downwards to about 101. And look, a lot of times the the number ends up being higher than what the league projects. Um, I think the big X factor is now is like some of these – Jersey sponsorships, we haven't heard what the Bucks are going to do with that, but now that teams can sell Jersey sponsorships starting next year, um, there may be some additional money from that. I'm not sure how that, I'd have to double check, see if that any of that is factored into um, any of the revenue numbers. But either way, the cap is, you know, probably won't go up more than $10 million from where it is right now, which is $94 million. Um, certainly not expected to go up anything close to $20 million. And if it did, then that obviously would have a huge impact because you would have all these teams with cap space that otherwise might not. And obviously we saw last summer the cap going up by 24 million meant that, well, there was a billion dollars in cap space. And I think you, you've mentioned, uh, I think Daniel, Daniel LaRue did some number crunching and said roughly there's about half as much cap space this summer as last summer. And that has a huge effect on free agents, right? Because it means there's just way <laughs> yeah. more money to spend on guys. And with a $101 million cap, guys like Greg Monroe, who don't have you know sort of obvious starting Kind of caliber fits on teams. And and Bucher was talking about Kyle Lowry getting you know three times as much money this summer as as he got when his last deal when he signed for twelve million a year. And you know Kyle Lowry to me is totally different because a Kyle Lowry is a you know a guy who's um, you know coming off uh, an All Star season. He should have to me he was a big snub. I think he should have been even with his injuries on the All NBA team over Demar Derozan, who may have been the probably least deserving guy in my book, um, along with DeAndre Jordan. But um, but you know again. And, and so, long story short, Rick Bucher starts talking about a 20 million increase in the cap and that oh Greg Monroe's Monroe well, you got to look at twenty million dollars plus for this guy and I'm just sitting there thinking like first <laughs> off I, the premise is wrong there's there's no no indication that the cap is going to go up by that much. Teams are not going to have as much cap space anywhere close to as, as last summer and secondly, even if there was a bigger cap bump versus last, you know than than expected, which team is giving Greg Monroe twenty million dollars a year you know and this is what we've always come yeah. back and we we just where does Greg Monroe who who does Greg Monroe start for at center I'm not saying he's not good enough but who is sort of saying Greg Monroe is the guy we want to start at center I don't know have you thought of anybody since the last time we talked I, I don't I don't know
1: it I mean we talked about it a little bit before we started recording like maybe Phil Jackson and the next do something crazy <laughs> like that could be somewhere um man I don't even know like uh portland was a team that was interested in them i think the first time around um but they're totally capped out now right yep. and like there just doesn't seem to me to to be a team that screams we're gonna sign greg monroe like i i, I just don't see it
0: yeah i mean the teams with with tons of cap space, Philly, um you know phoenix sacramento um you know Toronto's probably not going to have cap space because it looks like they're you know going to try to bring back Ibaka. If Larry leaves, that that could obviously change things. Um, you know some other teams, Minnesota, they're not going to sign Greg Monroe. Miami, I don't know. I mean, if Miami struck out, like could they be interested in Greg Monroe? Well, but they have Asan Whiteside. Like, why would you want Asan Whiteside and Greg Monroe? It doesn't make much sense. Yeah. Um, Clippers, I mean, if everything went nuclear. You still have DeAndre Jordan. Why would they want Greg Monroe? Right. Um, it, it just seems like when when you look at these teams, you know the Warriors project to have bigs cap space. But that's just because Durant's opting out. They're going to need all that money to resign guys. Um, you know Denver again. Denver makes no sense with Jokic around. Uh, Dallas, they're going to resign Noel, and that he's going to be their guy. Um, you know Chicago, Brooklyn, Boston, Atlanta. Again, like even the teams that might like Brooklyn. Well, I don't know. They need to spend money but they have Brooke Lopez, like um, unless they trade <laughs> Brooke Lopez and try to yeah. sign him, you know, it's like, there are all these sort of different things that it's just, you know, every team that has cap space, you just look at it and be like, man, even if Greg Monroe, they might have interest in him. It's a, a few things have to happen for them to even get to wanting to sign him. So anyway, I, I don't think anything changes, but if you heard, those comments on the radio last month or last week about uh, the cap going up by 20 million and Greg Monroe getting 20 million dollars a year uh, let us just remind you that that nothing has changed and uh, I think our our opinions uh, remain that that, that is uh, is not likely. But again, it only takes one team. That's always the uh, the disclaimer on on any attempt to to guess what uh, what a guy will get paid. But uh, for Greg Monroe. Mm, yeah, I don't. I just don't think he's getting a raise next summer.
1: Yeah, uh, it would definitely be. I don't know if shocking, but it would be surprising. Um, all right, I think that's gonna be it. That we had a general potpourri of different Bucks topics that we threw at you. Uh, but we'll be back again later this week for Frank Madden. I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown On Bucks.